0: Hey everyone, this is Nate Scott and this is the For The Win Podcast. You're home to everything that's buzzing in the world of sports. My guest today is my colleague and friend, For The Win's baseball aficionado and lover of home runs and fun and tacos. It's Ted Berg. Hey man. Those are all true things about me. <laughs> I, I think I hit your top
1: three there in yeah, some order. Mostly, mostly. yeah. It's, it's 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 home runs and fun. It's just probably food in general. You know, like, I love tacos, but there—it's just one thing I love about eating.
0: Ted, it's the World Series, man. I know. And a really fun World Series. A great World it, Series. Yeah. Though, my question is this. Who's, what curse, are, are, we, are we getting a cross curse? Do the two curses hit each other and then bounce back and recurse? What, what's, what's our curse update here?
1: I don't know how this works right like I I I think that yeah I someone has to win I I almost if there's ever been like a a situation you know and you don't you don't root for obviously you know some sort of disaster that would cancel the World Series but like some sort of very funny disaster you know like uh, like every, every single player just cuts his finger on a drone and, and no one can play it anymore. And, you know, and, and they both have to forfeit. Uh, that might be a funny outcome or like a, you know, someone suggested on Twitter, like what if, you know, aliens come and, and all they do is steal every single baseball from the earth and then they can't play the world series anymore. Like that would be a funny way for this to play out. Uh, but yeah, someone probably is going to win. So either the Cubs or the Indians, uh, Will lose their claim to you know long suffering fan bases.
0: I saw a tweet that was very dark, and I don't actually want this. Even though I, of course, I don't want this, but I chuckled a little bit. It was like bottom of the ninth, game seven, score tied, two outs, Rizzo at bat, Yellowstone supervolcano. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, mean, it could <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to laugh. At it. You
1: know, people don't realize that that Yellowstone's gonna blow. No, and maybe we're all not dead. Now. Maybe not, you know, within the next, you know, twenty million years. But at some point, you know, that no, is it's, a super volcano over- going to blow, and we're all doomed. You it's know, not so be twenty million years, man, we're overdue. Yeah, are we overdue on that one? I, forward- I, I'm not. I'm not keeping up on my super volcanoes uh, because that stuff, you know, sort of terrifies me, and and. Makes me not sleep at night, knowing that, like, you know, at any given moment, like, I could be like, "Oh, yeah, sorry about all your plans." <laughs> like, yeah. I know you just dropped off. The, the laundry, Northwest, but, uh, so. the entire Northwest United States, just imploded. Yeah, it's. Uh, oh, I think we'd we'd all die, right? I think we would all die, and uh, not maybe not immediately, but from the ensuing droughts and everything. You know, there that's going to be send enough ash into the sky to block out the sun, and we we're all dead. Yeah. If that thing blows, we're all dead. We're. That's, uh, so, A lot of know, us. You might as well enjoy the World Series.
0: That's what we're trying to say. Game yeah. one is tonight. Podcast over. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, game one is tonight. We've got... Who's going? Kluber and, and John, John Lester? John
1: Lester and Corey Kluber,
0: yeah. I, I hate to ask the most freaking like uh, pundit question imaginable, but do the Indians need to win tonight?
1: No. I mean, they don't, you know, they 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 uh, it would be nice, you know, but I think that, you know, one of the, the things you see and, and you know this and you know, it's it's baseball is so when it comes down to, you know, the individual single game level uh, more than any other sport, you know, any team can win any game. Uh, I think that, you know, there's a reason you don't see teams in baseball uh, posting records like the like the Golden State Warriors had last year. Right. The teams don't win 70 or 80 percent of their games in baseball. It just it doesn't happen because the the sport is too arbitrary. There's too many random events that can happen that can dictate a game uh, and the teams are too closely matched. Uh, there's you know there's just too many elements going into the outcome uh so yeah like the Indians can lose tonight and then win four straight all right i yeah. I feel like uh you know and 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 I don't wanna uh you know trivialize anything else we say on this podcast, but I feel like you know when it comes to predicting a seven game series, honestly for all the expertise in the world and like i i firmly believe I know a ton about baseball and and I think that, you know, it is from that knowledge that I can tell you that you can flip a coin seven times, and that is probably the most accurate projection, or as accurate as any set of predictions you're going to find.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've got the narratives coming in, basically, which is, if the Indians can somehow manage to get through the fifth with a lead, it's going to be very, very hard to beat them. And a lot is dependent on the starting pitching, which, unfortunately for the Indians, and I think, unfortunately for America, just because we're not going to get to see... A guy like Carlos Carrasco pitch. Uh, Trevor Bauer is a little nicked up. We're gonna hope to see him. Danny Salazar is on the roster. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't think he's gonna start though. Yeah, I would be very surprised if they let a guy like that start after he's been missing two months.
0: Exactly. Uh, so. So
1: so yeah. I mean the 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 Cubs clearly have better starting pitching than the Indians in this series. The Indians have Kluber, uh, possibly, probably Bauer. Uh, but Bauer is a, is a step down, really, from Kluber at this point in his in his career, and he's I, I wouldn't put him on the level with any of the four guys the the Cubs are starting, uh, you know. And then after that, for the for the Indians, I mean, Josh Tomlin had uh, some great, great games in September and pitched pretty well in the postseason. He's a he's a nice pitcher. They have like you know guys who might be good on any given night, but they don't have those. What the Cubs have, which is You know, really, they can go five deep if they wanted with uh, very solid to excellent major league starters.
0: All right, let's, before we dive into too much in predictions and quickly, Danny Salazar, you said, probably isn't going to start. The Cubs' big sort of World Series ad is Kyle Schwarber. Total question mark at this point, will, will he be able to, to contribute at to DH? I mean, I, I saw his swing in batting practice. It looked pretty good. Do, does anyone know anything on him?
1: You know, I don't think anyone knows anything. I mean, I don't think, again, uh, no one knows that. Like and, it, and again, it could be that Kyle Schwarber is 100% good to go. He is the the best he has ever been. He is as healthy as he has ever been. He is as ready as ever he has ever been. And he could still join the Cubs and go all for 15 in the world yeah. series, right? So, so you know, the, the narrative will then, you know, backfill as it always does and say, "Well, the Cubs shouldn't have made Kyle Schwarber their DH with the, the depth they have on that team. How could they possibly think of that?" Uh, I think you kind of have to trust, you know, the scouting eyes of whoever's responsible for that decision. And uh, it hasn't, you know, as we speak here Monday morning or uh, Tuesday morning, I have lost track of the days. Uh, it, it I, I don't believe the decision has yet been made on Schwarber. He's he's here, uh, and we saw him in the in the Arizona Fall League, and and so uh, it seems like there's a very good chance he's going to play in this World Series. Uh, I think that. I, you know, and, and like I get that there's an emotional component to, and everybody's psyched to see him back. I can't imagine there's a way the Cubs would possibly do that if they weren't sure he's good to go. Yeah, you know, and, and like it's it's just not a it's just not a dumb team. Uh, Theo Epstein is not a guy who who lets his emotions get in the way of uh, decisions made on account of winning. And they're so right. If they were desperate for offense, if they had no candidate to, to be that DH to fill that spot, uh, you can say, oh well, they're rushing Schwarber. They're they this is a knee jerk thing, you know. They're they're so deep. Uh, they they have. I mean, it's it's crazy. You look at uh, it, it keeps like you pick any random guy off the Cubs bench, and that guy could probably start for twenty to twenty five major league teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so to you know to rush Schwarber back. Again, he's got, you know, power upside that really, you know, only two other guys in the Cubs lineup really have. Uh, But but if he's not, you know, at least 90 percent of of what he should be, uh, they just have better options, you know. So and, and I can't I can't believe that the Cubs would force Schwarber in if unless they were certain he's the best option.
0: All right. Let's talk. I want to talk about managing a little bit just because we haven't been able to talk sort of this whole postseason you've been running around like a crazy person
1: at times yeah at times this yesterday you should see me yesterday I definitely look like a crazy person <laughs> uh, I was I got I missed my flight long story short I missed my flight I blame the airline uh, it's complicated but man I mean if you that was not my best moment at at 7 a.m in the uh, or whatever it was 8 a.m. If it was seven a.m., I would have been okay. At eight a.m. in O'Hare Airport, screaming my lungs out at random, poor, uh, unassuming, uh, not at fault, uh, ticket counter employees before getting in a rental car and speeding to Cleveland and making it with like five minutes to spare before the media availability yesterday. Which was, I feel, I feel heroic. You, you I mean, you're the real hero here. Is, is yeah, the lesson.
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, back to the managing thing. Okay. that's okay, unless there's more to this story,
1: no, that's it. I mean, that's basically it. It's uh, I missed my flight and I had to drive from Chicago to Cleveland. Uh, and you know what? The, the, the one other part of this story, Nate, <laughs> is that the Waze app, which is a wonderful thing, uh, that I very much endorse. But if you set up if you put in the Waze app that you're in Chicago and you're driving to Cleveland, it tells you what time you will get to Cleveland in Chicago time, um... which is useless there is no situation i will ever need to know what time it is in chicago when i by the time i get to cleveland right because it's telling me and it says i put it in in chicago it says okay it's a it's a and i stink with time zones so it's a big issue for me always, and I, just not something I even factored in. So I'm driving there, and it says on my phone I'm going to get there at at two. I know I need to be here by three. I'm I'm all set, right? Like oh yeah, I got I got an hour to kill. Maybe I'll find someplace cool in Indiana, eat lunch. You cross, and all of a sudden I see a sign like Welcome to Eastern Time. I look at my phone and adjust, and all of a sudden my arrival time is like five is three o five. I, I lost an hour uh, because of farmers or whatever is responsible for time zones, which, as you know, I am uh, very down on and believe we should get rid of.
0: You want one universal time?
1: One universal time. Everybody just gets used to the sun coming up whenever.
0: All right. Well, um, hit us up on Twitter, I guess, if you want to talk more about this. (laughs) Let's talk about Terry Francona. Yeah, you want to talk about managers now? Yeah, let's talk about managers now. (laughs) Um. you had a great tweet where you said every single major league baseball manager or at least postseason manager seemed to understand simultaneously that you shouldn't wait to play your best pitcher. Terry Francona, I think you know, Joe Madden's been great. I, I think he almost has an embarrassment of riches and it, it, it almost makes it easier for him to manage because he can sort of be like Yeah. Well, I I guess I'll start Jason Hayward today, you know, it's like a really right. really yeah, good baseball yeah, you player. Know, yeah. I think Terry Francona, granted, you know, things have worked out and it's easy to say, well, all these things have worked out. I think he's managed the postseason of his life. Uh, oh, yeah. just riding a hot hand, making incredible decisions time after time, sort of pushing his pitchers to the limit without, uh, kind of breaking them, hopefully. Uh, am I, am I underselling Madden?
1: Am I overselling? No, Freakona? no, I, I think that, I think you're, I think you're spot on. I think that Look, and, and again, uh, uh, things can go a lot of ways and, you know, there's, there's, you know, maybe there's a, a scenario wherein, you know, the, the buttons Francona pushes in, in game four of the world series, uh, all go awry and, you know, he looks like the goat, but yeah, I think that, you know, every single move he's made this postseason has paid off and, you know, whether that's good fortune or, you know, a knowledge of, uh, your team and your players and and what they can do and what they're willing to do and when uh it certainly you know reflects extremely well on Francona. uh again you know a lot of it is about the personnel and Francona would be the first to say that uh, any manager would right it comes down to the players playing uh he happens to have a really really good bullpen and so you know when you're uh you know I mean the, the most the most impactful moves a manager makes in a game is are going to be the pitching changes. And uh, Francona has been really smart with his. They're, they're, you know, when you're looking from an outside perspective and, you know, without all the information he's working from, I think they're basically the same moves, you know, I would make or a lot of fans, a lot of, you know, educated baseball People would would be making, you know, bringing in his best guy, Andrew Miller, whether it's, you know, the fifth or the sixth or the seventh or the eighth, whenever there's that jam and you need the strikeout going to that guy is is something, you know, uh, people like me have been talking about for for years. Yeah. You know, and, and and it's awesome that Frank is doing it. I think that uh, the baseball world ultimately is going to owe a ton to Buck Show Walter for not using exact Britton. i seriously think this i think that you know it's such a copycat sport and it's such a sport dominated by fear you know like it, it's always oh we don't do this wacky thing because no one does the wacky thing and if the wacky thing blows up in our faces we look dumb for it so you yep. you play conservatively you manage conservatively you build your team conservatively and and so you know i think that Showalter. walter Having that misstep, leaving Zach Britton uh, in his bullpen ready to go, healthy, warmed up, uh, and and losing the wild card game, uh, it, you know, par- possibly because he didn't go to his best reliever. I honestly think, and I hope that that may have changed baseball forever, uh, because everybody everybody saw it, right? Like the, the, it was the only game being played. And the spotlight is shining on this guy with a great reputation for managing his bullpen, and he makes you know, just about the most egregious misstep uh, imaginable, which is, you know, leaving Ubaldo Jimenez on the mound in a tie game uh, when he gets into trouble and and having Britton there uh, and not using him. And so I think that uh, that has, I think, I think, you know, that has certainly changed the shape of this postseason. uh, And I think that it, you know, it's probably the type of thing we're going to see carry over uh, into next year and and beyond. I hope so. Uh, But I would say to Frank Kona, uh, that it's a lot easier to make great bullpen moves when you don't have a lot of bad options, right? Yeah. Like there's no there's no guy Francona is reasonably going to go to in the seventh who's so bad that you're going to be like, oh no, what is he doing? He's blowing the game because it's not just Miller, right? It's it's that uh, Brian Shaw had a great season for them, and Dan Otero had a great season for them, and and Cody Allen, who's you know their sort of traditional closer had a great season for him. So it it makes you look a lot better as a manager when there's no horrible move you can make.
0: Yeah, and you know, two things quickly. One, I think that Showalter decision, I know I wrote about it at the time and I, I felt it was sort of a momentous occasion, not just because like, oh, screw Buck Showalter, you screwed up, idiot, you know, which I think a, a lot of people on
1: the internet did. Right, but I think that, a lot of people said that, and and that's what's so jarring about it, is that, and, and I have been tracking this for years because uh, it's a funny thing. You know, when you cover baseball on a national uh, level, which one thing you notice is that literally fans of every single team are convinced that their manager is the worst at managing yeah. his bullpen. Uh, every fan, every fan, except Orioles fans. That was the one. The one exception was people were like, well – Buck Showalter is good at managing his bullpen. We know that that is the one guy, uh, the one major league manager with that, that that reputation.
0: But what I think was interesting this time was you didn't get the baseball lifers coming in and saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, you saved your best guy for the ninth." Even they were like, "Yeah, yikes," you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and, it was just it, it was not it, the ninth, or you know, you you bring him in to close down the game. But but what I think is interesting about this is. You know, when when you were saying that, that show alter decision will be momentous going forward, I think it will and that it was kind of that was the event that sort of crystallized an argument that's been forming for years by smart people who follow baseball. And yeah. it, and it's, you know, why are we doing this? Why it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. You want your best pitcher when you need that out. And I think what's cool about this postseason is, you know, I think a lot of managers and, and pundits were sort of relying on tradition, which is, you know, in the regular season, the, the best pitchers want to be there at the end of the game. It's a prestige thing. It, it's all tied in with Eckersley and history and all that BS. And, and money. I mean, more than money. anything, it's tied in with money. And tied yeah. in with money. And what's cool to see is, which I've seen for years now, is in the postseason, no, none of these pitchers care. Once they're in the postseason, you hear all these pitchers say, I don't care. Put me in win F Like, get me in there. I just want to get on the mound and help my team. I don't care if it's in the third or the eighth or the whatever. Like, I just want to help. And I think now we're seeing that, you know, Miller, not caring. Kenley Jansen, he doesn't care. Um, the closers don't care anymore. Just put put us in when, when you need us, especially in the postseason. You know, money's out the window. Let's do this. And I think that's going to be a change moving forward and, and maybe, you know, into the regular season as well.
1: Who yeah, knows? you know, I I, I hope so. Um, I think that the money issue is, is going to be a big part of it. I think that... Uh, until they you know, and and this is some of these things are just teams and just free agencies and just the way the open market works. And that should correct itself. You know, like a, a team that has seen Andrew Miller and what he can do, uh, you know, and, and there's there's only one guy who's who's working in the middle in, innings who's as good as Andrew Miller. So maybe it's a bad example. But, you know, if and when that that next middle innings relief ace. You know, and Miller's been a closer too. Uh and Miller got paid like a closer, which is really yep. the thing, right? The Yankees signed him to be their closer, gave him a big contract. That gives him the the flexibility and, and possibly the willingness to do this. He's paid. He's going to be his yep. kids are rich, his grandkids are rich no matter what, right? So so he might as well come in in the 5th inning and get those outs because he's got his money, right? And and but you know, with the the way salary arbitration works, uh, and, and, you know, these sort of institutionalized aspects of, uh, compensation in baseball do make it a little bit difficult, right? Because if you're going into that arbitration case and the, you know, one side says, well, he has no saves and you say, well, well look at his, you know, when, win percentage added per leverage in, index, or, he's the best reliever in the game. And then, you know, the, the team says, well, what's that? You made that up. And the team knows what that is, but you know it's 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 a negotiation and and so you know these long embedded stats i think still carry more weight uh and until you know we start seeing uh free agents you know signed and teams saying well look at you know look at his uh run expectancy look at his you know ops against look at these other factors that are you know equally important certainly the saves which is a faulty and flawed stat uh, then you know. Then I, I don't know that the change will be immediate. And and Terry Francona has spoken about this too. Interesting. All right. At the um, end. But I, and and to the point. Uh, just and and just one thing. Just to uh, present the other side. Yeah. Uh, because Joe Madden talked about it. And I I just wrote about it this morning. Because uh, someone asked Joe Madden. You know. Well, would you consider using Aurelius Chapman in those same innings? Right. Why Why would uh, you know Miller be the guy and this Miller be the story because he's coming in the sixth and seventh when you know Madden has his own guy who can come in and strike everybody out yeah and he's still using that guy in in the eighth and the ninth now he's stretched out Chapman to to five out saves he's brought him in when uh he brought him in in the eighth four or five out save then they, the Cubs got a big lead and didn't need to bring him back out for the ninth situations like that uh but and Madden basically said, "Well, look, Chapman is different from Miller. Miller is a guy who's done this before. He he knows how to get warm in the middle innings of a game. He knows how to get warm quick. Guys have routines, and and I think you know. And this because this is something I've been thinking about and talking about for so long. Like this is dates way back before my USA lay days. Thinking, well, saves are stupid. We got to do away with the closer role. When you talk to the major league relievers, by and large, they say." They like to know when they're going to come in, yeah. Uh, because they like they like looking down the road and saying, "Okay, like you know, here we are in the sixth inning, we've got a lead. I know I'm the eighth inning guy. That means here's what I need to do in the seventh inning to prepare. And these are the batters. This is the portion of their lineup I know I am most likely to face, and and I can prepare for. And and I get that because you know I think anybody likes to know what their job is going to be when they show up to work, right? And and mm-hmm. so. You know, and and Madden's point was, well, Chapman, the way he warms up, the time he needs to warm up means we can't do that. We just can't go to him in the sixth inning because he's not going to be prepared. Right. And so, yeah. you know, it is I do think it is a case by case thing.
0: Super interesting. All right. We got to wrap up soon. But quickly, at the end of this World Series, who's America's sweetheart? Who do, who do we fall in love with, Francisco
1: Lindor or Javier Baez or both? Oh, man, I think both. I, I How are we not already there? I mean, it's uh, and, and man, uh, Jorge Ortiz, our colleague, wrote a great story about this. These guys go way back. They have very, very similar backstories. They're both Puerto Rican born. Uh, they both wound up in the United States and in, in their teenage years, you know, focusing on baseball. I believe they were drafted one after the other. Uh, they you know, they're. Uh, both ex- extraordinarily exciting players. They played against each other in like various showcase games yep. uh, when they were kids. They've known each other forever. Uh, it's a it's a fun thing. I mean, Lindor. If if you're talking about who's Lindor a significantly better player at this point. And I love Baez. I love watching him play. He is one of the most exciting players in baseball. Uh, he has holes in his game, which mm-hmm. Lindor does not. Right? Baez strikes out a ton, and he does not walk, and and he's not. Uh, offensively, just nearly as polished a player as Lindor. Uh, Lindor has it. You know, they're both phenomenal defenders. Uh, Baez is fun, and that the Cubs can and will play him anywhere. I mean, he's been at second base most of the time. I mean, Lindor is you know, arguably the best defensive shortstop in the game, and at 22, he's the number three hitter on a World Series team. Yeah. Uh, that you know, that is to me. That's that's not just the guy of this series. That's like one of the guys baseball fans should know for the next 10 years. And Baez, I hope he gets there because he's so fun, but he's not there, right? He's yeah. not there yet, uh, not until he starts walking and stops whiffing. Yeah. I mean, Lindor's a
0: perfect player pretty much at this point at mm.
1: age 22. Yeah, I mean, what he I, really is. He's You can't ever hope for anything better than Francisco Lindor.
0: What I love about Javier Baez, though, is that he brings – a creativity to playing infield, which is like mm-hmm. a rare thing to see. Like to, so to characterize cool. someone as being creative in the infield, but just it's so cool the way he'll he'll. I mean, we saw it in the in the NLCS when he decided to drop a, a bloop to him um, and turn a double play where the other infielders literally didn't even know what was going on, and he's like a quarterback saying, no, you throw to him now. <laughs> and and the, yeah. end, the guys on the base path don't know what's going on. He knows what's going on. Um, just that awareness and the history of those two guys have, they, they have together. Uh, yeah, everyone should read Jorge Ortiz's uh, story in USA Today uh, about the two. It's really cool. I just lo- I'm, I'm just so excited. It's one of those World Series where whoever wins, it's awesome. It's awesome, yeah, I, you know. I'm, it I'm just, really is. It's it's awesome for the fan bases. It's awesome for these teams. I they're both going to be good for a long time. We knew they were young and exciting, and good. I mean, this was your World Series prediction. Uh, damn, right. In, damn right, damn right. Yeah, whenever it was, I'm, I'm about to write about that too. <laughs> nice, <laughs> just just rubbing it in everyone's face. I hope you go full deal yeah. with it. Uh, I am going
1: full. I, and I, for your suggestion, I yeah. was going to say. I picked. The, I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna tease this headline. Probably it'll be out by the time of this podcast. So I was. Uh, We're going to say. You know, I picked a Cubs Indians World Series before the before the season because I got extremely lucky. And per your suggestion, I have changed the headline to I picked a Cubs Indians World Series before the se- season because I am the best.
0: <laughs> Dude, we gotta get you like a like Berman has the Swami headset. You just have to embrace this. You got to You you have to become the the fortune seer. We got to work on it. There'll there'll be some sort of character. You need entrance music and you just need to proclaim things that are going to happen. And we'll cover up the stuff you get wrong and we'll just write about the stuff you get right.
1: I think I, I think that's that's perfect. Right. I think that's how punditry works. Right, you just completely forget about accountability for what you're wrong on, and you absolutely own everything you got right. And in this case, maybe you know, someone would say, "Oh, but you also picked Byron Buxton to win the the AL Rookie of the Year." In that same post, yeah, I did. Ignore that. I picked the Cubs and the <laughs> But you also had
0: every, I think, every NL playoff team right. Or- got every. Uh, I didn't
1: get them. I I flipped the Mets and Nationals for the wild card and division. Uh, But that's pretty good five out of five five out out of five five. and then you went three out of five in the AL with playoff teams I I blew a couple of those Astros Um, who saw
0: that coming. That was tough
1: Yeah, I feel like the Astros was okay. The White Sox was really the bad one I was (laughs) I was a little bit a little too eager with the White Sox I think the White Sox can still be good uh, at some point soon, but I, I got a little bit I got ahead of myself
0: All right at the risk of blowing up this streak. What do you see in this series? Well, I mean, well, actually, stick, we'll record again. both. We'll record both answers, and then I'll edit out the one later. So
1: that is so. I see the Cubs winning. I see the Indians winning. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I know. I you know. I I again, like I said, coin flips, right? Like this yeah. is you. Know, this is uh, as meaningless a, a thing as I could pro- possibly tell you. Uh, but I said in that post, Cubs and six. So I might as well ride with it, right? So I'm going to go with Cubs and six.
0: Jeez, that's what I was going to say. Uh,
1: that's because you read that post and you know I'm
0: dope. I'm gonna say Cubs in five. Okay. Uh, for for just for that would be you know different. that would, that would be fun because then it would be in Chicago. In Chicago, that's sort of why I'm
1: I'm picking it. I oh, man, Nate, you gotta you should come. Honestly, <laughs> stop a flight. Just hang out I in Wrigleyville. Do it. Uh, I was there because I was there in Chicago when they when they clinched the the NLCS. And man, I mean, I it's huge. <laughs> they they will throw down if the Cubs <laughs> win the World Series. I mean, oh. I saw a lot. Of, I saw people who were just walking around the streets just whooping, like, everywhere. like And not just an immediate Wrigley, because I walked. I mean, it was impossible to get out of there. So I, I had to walk, like, two and a half miles back to my hotel in the middle of the night. And there are just anybody who passed you on the street was just like, whoo, Cubs! Well, I, like, everybody. And, I was on... I was on
0: Bourbon Street for the Saints winning the Super Bowl, so I think this might be yeah, the only thing that comes close to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I saw, like, multiple people vomit and immediately come up from vomit and start whooping about the Cubs again. <laughs> just the uh, vomit
0: straight into the high five? Just yeah, one exactly. fluid motion. You're <laughs> like, all
1: right, man, you, you, have, you enjoy your night.
0: All right, well, just to see that, I'm picking that for game five. The night before Halloween, everyone will be in costume. Chicago will be a madhouse that's my oh man that's my yeah pick.
1: that's uh, my pick i i mean just for the sake of being there i i don't you know i like i i've kind of had a soft spot for the end because i picked the indians before the season i've kind of had a soft spot for the indians all season long uh you know we don't we try i try not to root for teams openly at this point but i like the indians a lot and, and i'm kind of pulling for them but man i mean if i could be there in chicago when the cubs win the world series I, that's a that's a life experience you don't forget, right?
0: Absolutely. All right, Ted, I got to go because I have to go to the dentist and get my teeth drilled. So Enjoy that. Yeah, I'm glad we got to record this now because later I'd be speaking out of one side of my mouth and it would be terrible. So in any event, everyone read Ted's stuff. He's on Twitter at OGTedBerg. He's uh, writing for us, all things baseball, at FTW.USAToday.com and at USA Today Sports. Ted, man, enjoy the World Series. Have fun out there. I'm going to try.
1: I'm going to try. All right. Later, buddy. Peace.